Wednesday, July the 1st, 2020. I woke up uh, to find out that Bucky Osaka had been given a contract. And quite honestly, that was enough for me. That was enough for my day. Then Abamian got his groove back. Xhaka was in the box. What's he doing in the box? And then he shot and he scored. Couldn't quite wrap my head around that one. Then our new right back comes on. He's got a left foot. He scores with his left foot. Happiness overload at Arsenal Football Club yesterday. Welcome to the Gunnerstown Podcast. I'm Mike McDonald. And uh, today with me, I've got AFC Charlie. Hi there, Charlie. Hi, Mike. Go on, mate. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, we've got Gav with us as well. You're right. I'm good, lads. I'm good. Oh, beautiful. All right, then. Well, happy days. And then everybody who's uh, listening and watching well, may not know, but we've just gone off the back of Tottenham losing as well. So it's getting <laughs> better. <isn't> it? <laughs> it's getting better. Okay, well, let's, let's rewind. Let's go back um, to a uh, happy game back on the weekend with uh, the Sheffield United game. Not quite as awful as the Norwich one, but... But still, what a, what a great ending. Uh, let's do this. Uh, uh, Charlie, would you care to go through uh, any thoughts you had uh, during the game and any concerns you had coming out of it? Yeah, I thought, I thought, I thought Sunday was a game I thought that was going to be tough. We knew Sheffield United were one. I know they were going for a bad sort of period. I was, a bit, I was not concerned, but I thought, is that a potential banana skin for us? Um, first 10 minutes or so, and with that VAR goal, I was, I was very worried. I thought, oh, no, here we go. Um, we got about 20 minutes in, we got hold of the game a bit more. I thought, I thought between that, after that VAR chance and half time, I thought we actually played really well, to be fair. We, 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 we put the game a bit more to Sheffield United, and Pepe in particular, I thought was superb. He was running at the defenders, he could cut in, have his shots. It weren't too much of that flippy flappy trying to turn back. It was actually a bit more direct. And I thought, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was really good. We got the goal before half time, which I was happy with. And then to same again, it was a little bit of Arsenal of old. We got the lead, and the longer the game got on, we got deeper and deeper. And and we, we know what it's like with Sheffield United. They're going to lump the ball up. They've got McBurney. Gonna, but I thought the players did deal quite well with it. But then, 87th minute, lack of concentration, equaliser. I'm sure we all thought, here we go. This is it. Do you know what I mean? Extra time. We've taken off a few big players. We're going to, we're, we're going to, it's just dot on the cards. And I was really surprised, and I went pretty mental, really, when Zabayo stuck that going. I was, I was, I celebrated it very well. To be fair, I was over the moon. And we've got a trip to Wembley now. Man City, you never know what happens, but we're the underdogs. I like going and going at Wembley like that, and we've always got a chance. Did you see that goal coming, Charlie? Second one. The second one. No, as soon as we, nah. You see the body language of the players when we let in that goal. Was obviously extra time. We we just got off thinking we just got to get a Bamiang on and hopefully just hopefully he can come on and do something. Yeah, yeah, Gav. What were your thoughts and uh, any concerns you had coming out? Uh, well, yeah, the, the main one really is the fact that we still don't particularly do well with long balls into the box, and no. Sheffield United they were setting out to do it. Uh, obviously, we lost the uh, the big Spanish defender the game before, so we didn't sort of have height in there really uh, I felt like I say from from a positive aspect even though we didn't have the height in the box to potentially deal with them I felt we dealt with them for the majority of the majority of the game it was one mess up but obviously it only takes one mess up to get the goal uh, but so, 
I don't know, really. I mean, like I said, we got the, as Charlie said, we got the goal at the right time. I felt pretty positive, and yeah, again, it was a bit of a surprise, and there was a bit of screaming and jumping around the front room when we got the winner, really. Yeah. So, but yeah. yeah, did you have? Did you did you expect the long ball from Sheffield United? Because I've actually watched I don't know six or seven games of theirs this season, and they they've surprised me. They've kept it on the deck, and of course they're well known for this overlapping centre back thing that they've been getting into. So I've not seen them play that sort of more agricultural eighties football at all. Did you think that was like designed for Arsenal? Well, hundred percent it was. Yeah, I mean it, it, it's our weakness. They know our problems. The you know the balls in the box. They knew that we didn't have a, a great deal of height in the middle. Uh, to be honest with you, if I was a Sheffield United manager, which I think is a great bloke, by the way, he comes off comes off great. He's doing a great job for them. But, you know, he, he's doing what he has to do to win. And, you know, like I say, that, that's the way you've got to do it. You know, you, you don't want to be playing too pretty against us sometimes. You, you're going to have to get the ball in the box and lump it in. Also, on my... Yeah, go ahead, Charlie. So I just wanted to add as well what Gab just said. They was lumping the ball in the box to us, and we dealt with it quite well. And I think something I do want to mention as well, I mean, I know he, he gets a little bit of uh, stick, and he has been recently. I think David Luiz showed a lot of a lot of uh, bollocks, really, in that game as well, because he's come back, he's had the old eye, like nothing's affected him. He's come straight back, and so I know he went off injured hurt, but I thought he had quite a solid game again, to be fair. And I think mm. when we signed David Luiz, you know what you're going to get. You've you got that rick in him, right? And you've got that. But the 10 games leading up to that, the break, he was probably our best player under Arteta. He was, he was superb. Yeah. And I think people were moaning about him getting a new contract. But I think on paper, you look at our centre-arms, he's the best one we still got, no matter what, I think. So yeah. I'm yeah. glad he's done well. He's done all right again yesterday. I, 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 think he's, I think he's a starter every game for Arteta, I do. And I fully agree with it. Well, somebody many more experience is going to have to play with Saliba anyway. I think yeah. this idea of a Meccano coming in is fantastic, but Arsenal are not going to start next season with Saliba and Meccano. Never, never played in England, never played in the Premier League. So David Luiz or Pablo Murray is going to have to play centre-back with one of, you know, Saliba or new signing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, uh, like I say, I, I spoke, to, I've got a mate who's Chelsea mental. He's been going Chelsea, like, since he was a kid, sort of thing, and he's bloody older than me. But when we signed Louise, I said, well, what do you reckon? He said, well, he said, if you bought him to play in a 4-4-2, you're going to expect him to give away goals. Yeah. You're going to expect there to be problems. He said, but when you put him in a three at the back, he said he's a different animal. He's an absolutely different class in a three as opposed to a two. And like I say, the last two games, we started playing in a, in a three at the back. So... Like I say, maybe Arteta's changing it more, as much for Louise as he is for, uh, for Tyranny and uh, Bellerin, etc. I've always said the same about Rob Holding as well, though, to be honest with you. I think Rob Holding always looks good in a three, but when he's in a two, he gets caught out a bit because he's not their quickest. So, yeah. if, do you know what I mean? And it just gives every defender an extra bit of security. Even Mustafi, I'm sure he looked good in a three. Do you know what I mean? He looked a bit better in a three. So, with Tierney up and down that left... It, it, it suits us a bit because he gets up and down well, so good. Mm. Yeah, I think the only uh, the only player that I'm wondering how it's going to fit into this three four three is Saka. Of course, Saka's going to yeah. play now. We all want Saka to play, but with Savios plus one in the middle of the park, and then you've got a Bamiang on the left. You wonder how Saka's going to fit into this. But 
I'm sure that'll be fun. And we'll get back into formation uh, a little bit later. I was just going to add for the for the Sheffield United game, from my standpoint, I was excited that uh, the previous game, I thought that we, uh, the coaches won game, the Southampton game, I thought that was a tactical game that I better won for us. And this game was better because um, we don't normally win physical and mental games. And like uh, I think Gav was talking about that long ball, that constant aerial threat, that's not something Arsenal normally deal with. And I agree with Gav that that was a big deal that Arsenal came through that game. And then the mental part for me is, you know, when was the last time we won the game in the last minute? I mean, I didn't even know Danny Tobias um, had made that run, um, that 80-yard run to get in the box, let alone put the ball in the back of the net. And so the combination of the physical and the mental for me was a huge lift for the players. But let's just pivot to the, to the happiness of uh, yesterday anyway. Um, that's what everybody wants to talk about. Uh, Charlie, tell us, what did you think was, what did you think or who did you think was the trigger for that performance yesterday as you were starting to watch the game? I, I'm really happy, like everyone is, but I don't think we should get too excited. It was Norwich, but I thought, I thought the midfielders, I thought Danny Tobias and Xhaka yesterday were superb. The tempo Xhaka, uh, Tobias started at was he, was, he was, he was on it straight away, wasn't he, Danny? He was like running around like, like you wanted to be every week. Yeah. But I thought, obviously, we got a bit of, we got a bit of luck with that first goal. Uh, obviously, but that's that's, that's it's, it's sad it's luck, but it's also how many times does a Bamiyang Get that run in there. Nicked one against Ben Foster. We had Inketia do it last week at Southampton. So it must be what the press were doing up top. So they're working on it. So that's it's nice to see that happening because we've always said like how successful teams like Man City are and Liverpool are because they press from the front. They try and win the ball in the, in the defenders' thirds. And we we don't we've not ever had a team that does that. But now it looks like the guys are really into to do that. And and it paid off again yesterday with Bamiyang. And I'm glad he got a couple of goals because. I think you need him. He looked all smiles at the end as well. And uh, we are fully, are fully expecting to stay. So hopefully that gets announced soon. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. What, um, what are you seeing that's new at Arsenal? And of course, yesterday, because we were successful, there was probably a, a few more things that we could pick out that, that are improving, getting better, or, or look like they're, they're almost uh, ready to go. What did you think um, was new and better? It was just, to me, it was the second half. I mean, we got, like I say, I mean, we, we got the first goal, which was by pressing as a team. Because, uh, I mean, like I say, it's it's one thing having the somebody pressurising the goalie, but you've got to have the goalie having no options to make a pass at the same time. So, yeah. you've got to press, you've got to pressurise as a team to do that, which, again, you know, I reiterate what Charlie says, you know, it, it's brilliant to see that. Uh, what I was most impressed about is, when we was under the cosh at the start of the second half, for about the first 15, 20 minutes of the second half, and Norwich are coming for us, we held on. We held on. We sort of rode the storm a bit. I changed it up a little bit. And then we went forwards and got the third, and it was all over. But in the past, we would have conceded at 2-0. It yeah. would have been 2-1. And then we would have had a shaky 20, 25 minutes where we might have held on or as we've seen so often in the last five, six years, we would have probably conceded in the last minute of the game. But it, it was the way that we held on when we was under the cosh in the, the beginning of the half of the second half. That's what really sort of gave me a bit of heart, really. You, I mean, I mean, you, you can't have champagne football for 90 minutes. You can't expect that at the moment. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but like I say, but to not concede when we're under the cosh, come out winning 4-0, it looks like a walk in the park. But, 
I say for the beginning bit of the second half, it weren't really that it weren't really the case for that. No. Yeah. yeah. Oh Charlie, I've got um a thought for you here. Uh both games, the fullbacks have been uh, very prevalent. The Sheffield United game, of course, we had Tierney was one of the men of the match, and uh, Maitland Niles uh, showed. I think he was more inverted, and uh, you know, and he was uh, breaking forward, um, and he was very effective defensively and offensively against Sheffield United. And then, of course, yesterday uh, we had Bellerin back, uh, and he was uh, off the ball, better than on the ball, but. And Tierney, yes, another good performance. What are you seeing in our fullbacks, and which which ones do you prefer? I've I've been very critical of Bellerin lately, and I think I'm right in what I'm saying. To be honest, just since he's come back from his injury, before he got injured, ex Bellerin, what he actually used to rely on, he used to rely on his pace. So his pace always got him out of trouble. Like he wasn't the best crossing and stuff like that, and going forward and stuff like that, but. His pace always got him out of danger defending. He'd nick a ball off someone, and then at least we could then go on the attack on the counter, and he'd pass him. It would work. Since his injury, he looks so slow and sluggish. It's quite worrying. I think I, I think Cedric Suarez getting that four-year deal speaks, speaks volumes. They, they, they're looking at him as a long-term right-back for us, 100%. Yeah. They wanted him yeah. back, but he did get back fit, and he'd done his nose. But Kieran Tierney on the other side, I've got to say, I, I, I love him more and more I see him. I love his... His energy, his passion, his will to win. It just it's what 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 we've been crying out for. Like a I think in a year's time you see him as a real, real fan's favourite and like one of the ones people are actually really latch on to and love. Yeah, yeah. Gav, what do you think about uh Lacazette? Um he's uh clearly struggling. And even in a game yesterday where almost everybody had a good game, he's still struggling. What do you think? It's tricky because I don't, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to have a dig at him. To be fair, I don't want to have a pop at him. But I mean, there, there's, there was a few games last year where he, he's putting a shift in for the team, but he's just not getting the goals. And sometimes it looks like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Sometimes it looks, he's almost dropping too deep, uh, to collect the ball and to be more of a team player than to be more of a greedy bastard up front. Um, yeah. Which is which, which is what, really, if he's playing as a number nine, then we, we want to see more of the greedy bastard. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, he's he's got goals in him. He, yeah. I'm not sure I'd want to see him first choice number nine for the next couple of seasons. Yeah. Uh, but, again, if we're going to go into next season, as it is at the moment, without sort of buying any other forwards, then, yeah, then, like I say... Him and Eddie swapping about would would be fine with me as well, but mm. he's one of those. I'm not sure if it's his confidence. I'm I'm not sure, you know, if he's completely buying into Arteta's thinking at the moment or or what. I guess we we kind of almost know that by the amount of game time he's been getting so far this year. Yeah, when I watch Lacazette, Gav, I I think that he's one of the players that the system is not built around, and him coming back into midfield, I saw that as a tactical. Uh, piece. I saw him coming back. Um, of course, he back tackles defensively, but offensively, he was coming back. And of course, when he comes back, that asks a question of their centre back. They, if one of them goes with him, you've got a hole for a Bamiang. And I think that's, that's the point. Uh, and that is built around a Bamiang. And of course, who would argue? Why would you build around Lacazette when you've got a Bamiang? Um, Charlie, tell me your thoughts on, uh, on Martinez because he uh, is getting better and better. That's a really interesting one then long term. 
will Arsenal hold on to somebody who already gets in the Argentinian squad? He's probably going to want 13 football and is that competent? Well, he's got his chance now, hasn't he, to really stake his claim. And so far, he's done not put a foot wrong. He looked excellent. He's not missed Leno at all. And the same again I mentioned earlier on. He's probably been Leno probably has been our outstanding performer this season. And that's unfortunate to say because your goalkeeper, you don't want him really being in the limelight all the time. But Martinez has come in. He's slipped in. He's been at the Arsenal for a very long time now. So I think I think you will get a little bit longer for him because of that. And what you do now in modern football, the keepers rotate Europe and Cup. So he does get a, a slight run of games. But he can, he's staking a claim now, isn't he? For like, oh, don't get me wrong, I think when Leno's back fit, Leno will be back in. But when will Leno be back fully fit? So if we go into the next season, new season, Martinez will probably still be number one, depending on, the, I don't know how long, I don't know when the season's going to start the new one. So yeah. there's a possibility that he probably will be still in a round of squad. So I think you'll at least have another year of him. Um, and that, he, he looked solid. He looked good. He made some big saves. Made a big save in that Southampton game from Shane Long when he got down, down low and got stopped that. That was a great save. Looked good against Sheffield United coming out for them big crosses. Those the throws they were putting in. Looks comfortable. And he, even with his feet, he's quite calm. He knocks it about. So, yeah, looking good for him. It's nice to have two keepers that are testing each other. You see, all the yeah. top teams have. Yeah. United have got I'll Romero and they comes in. And then Chelsea have obviously got that, well, probably that Caballero, probably better than Kepa. But all teams, you need two Decent keepers, if you're going to succeed. Yeah, Mike, Mike, can I ask you something, Mike? Yes, sir. Uh, a lot of people that I've been reading have been comparing uh, his footwork with Leno's footwork and yeah. how, qu- how quickly he's distributing the ball compared to Leno. How do you see that from your point of view, mate? Yeah, well, I think he hits the ball with a lower trajectory, and I think that's what you've got to do. If you're going to hit the ball you know, 40, 50, 60, 70 yards plus you're going to have to hit the ball with that lower trajectory so that it gets there quicker. And I think Leno hits the ball too high. And, yeah. you know, we don't have – we talked about this earlier, and, Gav, you mentioned about the Sheffield United game, how kudos to our guys for the uh, dealing with the aerial assault. And we don't have a big team. We haven't had a big team probably since the Invincibles. And so uh, unless you hit that ball with a lower trajectory, as Martinez did, and he set up um, a chance to the other day uh, on a quick counter with that same, that same trajectory. And so I think that that's the uh, – the biggest piece of it, and of course, uh, he's got greater confidence. You can see that when the ball's passed back to him, he releases it quicker than Leno as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yes, let me ask, yeah, let me ask you guys. Um, moving forward, we've got uh, a wicked run of games. I've lost track of which one: uh, Wolves, Wolves, and then. Spurs and then all Leicester and City and goodness everybody else in Liverpool. So, okay, Charlie, tell me of the formations you've seen uh, so far with Arteta, what would you do uh, formation-wise going into these bigger games? I'd keep it free at the back. I'd keep it as it is, to be fair. I think it's worked. Last two games, it's worked. Um, I think Saturday's game, uh, I don't want to make it a big thing, but I think it's massive. I think I don't know if it's the hope of me. If all of a sudden you go and beat Wolves on Saturday, the lift is going to give the club. We go three points behind them. And everyone's talking to them about Champions League spots. Remember three points behind them, if that's the case. Yeah. Leicester midweek, they look like they're absolutely dreadful at the minute. It's going to be probably a good time to play them at home. And you go to Tottenham. And like, if all of a sudden we can come out of this week with seven, nine points, 
That's going to set us up fantastically going into the end of the season. A few things, and you just never know at the minute. All the teams are slipping up, and with this behind closed doors, football's different. But going forward, I'll be delighted if he keeps three at the back. I think, as you mentioned, Mike, it suits David and Gav. It suits David Luiz, and I think defensively we need to work around him. Kieran Tin, I would, I would like to see. I mean, Kalasic hasn't done nothing wrong the last two games. But I'd like to see Mustafi Louise holding as that three. Because I think that the balance would work well. Yeah. Holding, like with left foot. I think that would work. The right-back situation, I don't know if Cedric's fit enough yet to play sort of a right-wing-back, but he can't do no worse. But Manly Nile's done all right again on Sunday. And everyone's quick to write him off. But I think just going forward, I think I think just got to rely on a Bamiang really, try and get down. Pepe starting to play well again. We are looking better. We've come back off that little, that, that coronavirus uh, period and it did look a bit sluggish, but you can see what he's trying to do. And I'm I'm a, I'm a great advocate and I think we're a better team when Gunduzi's not on the team as well. Okay, okay. Yeah, um, same uh, same idea moving forward to all these five or start big games. Would you go on the front foot um, would you go on the front foot from the beginning and, and you know, break the game down into periods and back off later? Would you sit and counter? How would you approach uh, these games against the bigger teams? Uh, well, I mean, I did have a quick look earlier. I don't think Wolves, they've had three games back since the, uh, since the lockdown. And I think they've, uh, they've won 1-0, 2-0 or 1-0. So they haven't had a goal scored against them yet. Uh, but... I mean, I'm quite happy with three at the back and let's just play a game. Let's just go for it. Let's try and get yeah. the first goal. I think the first goal can decide so many so many games. And if we can be more defensively stable, uh, like I say, I mean, it, it cost me a tenner for the clean sheet against Norwich because I'm, I'm donating. Every time we get a clean sheet, I'm donating a tenner to uh, Bellerin's Save the Trees Fund. Right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm like I say, I think it's uh, I think we've got we, we've got to go all out and try and get the first goal. Uh, it is slightly different these days, and it is a slightly different game under lockdown because there isn't necessarily the pressure to keep the home crowd quiet because there is no home crowd. Yeah. So there, there is there's almost not the not sort of the pressure on at the beginning of the game to try and contain. Uh, I always like, like I say, I mean, the, the best teams were sort of like the early 2000s. I mean, there was, quick story, there was one game, we left the pub, we left the woodpine, literally bang on three o'clock, right? By the time it took us to walk two, three hundred metres to the ground, we was two new up. So, do you know what I mean? We, we used to start really quick and we used to kill games off in 15, 20 minutes and then hold. And that's what I like to see. That's how yeah. I like to see us play. You know, let, let's let's go for the kill straight away. Let's try and catch teams cold, like they, you know, like people, like teams have been trying to catch us cold for the last God knows how many. Yeah, got to be cautious of their last twenty-five minutes because uh, I think in all three of their games, their best player comes off the bench, and I, I don't know that I've ever seen that for many years. That they put their best player on the bench and wait till everybody's tired, and he's killed. All three of those those games you're talking about, Adama Traore, when he comes off the bench, mm. he has had a major impact. So I'm with you, Gav. We've got, we're going to have to get ahead um, because when that guy comes on, uh, it's uh, it seems to be a different ball game. Um, Charlie, anything to add there on the Wolves game coming up? 
No, yeah, it's going to be a tough. It's going to be a tough game, and but it's it's it's, it's a test for us, isn't it? See how far we've come there, and, and I do totally agree. I think going to Wall, like similar to Sheffield United last week, going to Wolves without the crowd there is is, is a is a plus on our side. It generally is, and and teams like Wolves, they're they're more of a technical football inside, so we normally do better against them sort of sides. So. Mm. Yeah, I think I think I think I think it's a winnable game for us. I, I'm not one of these ones to get sucked into the the hype. Oh, Wolves are Brian. They're Wolves. I, I think that's the way Arteta should play it. They're Wolves. I mean, we are the we are the superior team. We go out there, we dominate the game, and we take the game to their early doors. Okay. I think okay. I think we've got. A, I, sorry, just about butting on what Charlie said. I think we've got a lot of options coming off the bench as well. Mm. I mean, if you look at the players that we've pulled off the bench <laughs> against Norwich, and like, I, I, I'm just really confident about the, the, you know, the squad, the options that we've got, the yeah. squad we've got, competition for places which we, which we've really had for a long Terrain time. Back I mean, this week and all. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah, exactly. So, you know, it, it, I think everything's positive at the moment. Everything's positive. Okay, well, uh, one player who will no doubt start the game who did not play against Norwich is Bucky Osaka. So, with our last five minutes, I wanted to talk about him because um, he signed his new contract. And um, that's huge for Arsenal. My thoughts, just quickly, um, I wanted to mention um, that I think that beyond the fact that we get uh, one of our better players at the club signed up, I think that's huge for the perception because if it would have gone the other way and he would have left and gone to somewhere yeah. like Liverpool, then uh, what does that say, uh, you know, universally uh, about Arsenal as a club to all the other players that we're supposed to be attracting? We can't keep a, a local lad um, at the club who's getting first team minutes. Uh, in fact, he's uh, playing every minute of every game that he's that he's in, and so I think for the perception of the club, that was that was huge. Uh, I wanted to ask you, Gav. What do you think is his best position, or are you confused, probably like everybody else, because he plays everywhere? Uh, oh, I like to see him on the left. I think he does his best work on the left. Uh, I think he's a good cover uh, when uh, Tierney needs a break and when Tierney out on the pitch. I also don't mind him a little bit further up. Uh, he could probably almost, if need be, Towards the end of the games, and we went to a more four-four-two. He could play as a number ten. Uh, yeah. He can do a job that down the right as well. Uh, I think he's got everything. The thing is, he's, he's still young. He's still learning his trade. I mean, you think that Thierry Henry was a, a left winger at his age and went on to be, you know, a, our greatest ever goal scorer. So there's there's still time for him. And the fact he's putting in a good shift in two or three different positions. Uh, He's just really a good sign. Uh, I mean, who knows where he's going to end up? I mean, if we was going a traditional four four two, I would have him down as a left winger all day long, uh, yeah. like a sort of like like a Perez, really uh, going back to that. But how he develops in the next two three years, like I say, great statement. Interviews were perfect. The credit he gave to all the coaches, credit. Roy Emery as well, and I think that was important yeah. as well. I mean, I've, oh, I know he, yeah. I've said this many times with Emery. I think he needs so much credit for the bringing through the youth. That's one thing that he really can be applauded for, and he he really stuck by Sakri. That good game at Frankfurt on the Thursday night, he started him against Villa on the Sunday straight away, mm-hmm. and that shows a lot of bottle from Andrew. I think he would never have done that. Yeah. No, 
No, he never hey, does Charlie, that. Yeah, Charlie, uh, we're running close to our 30 minutes, but I did want to ask you, uh, if you can give us just a little 30-second idea of uh, if, if this is a cheeky question, if Aubameyang leaves, I know it's a happy day and we should be talking about that, but if, if Aubameyang leaves, and knowing that Aubameyang now plays, let's say, we call him an inside left forward for Arsenal, that's where he plays, could Saka take his place? Yeah, I think, I think, I think if Aubameyang leaves, we need to replace his goals, so that means we need to buy a striker. Yeah. But I think, I think you, we've got a couple of options that can play on that left-hand side with Saka and Martinelli. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't think a will leave, but I don't think the club, even if it means he has to stay for a year and we let him go on a free, I think it'd be ridiculous. We're not going to replace his goals with any money we're going to get in. So there's no point doing that. But no, Saka's, as everyone, we're delighted he signed. Young Arsenal lad. And it's, I think it's important not to play him so much and, and all the time as well. Give him a bit the squad. He's getting a bit fuller. Give him the breather. He's a kid still. Don't put too much pressure on him. Let him have a day off like they did yesterday. And it works. Comes in fresh and he can go. I think it's perfect perfect time. Yes. He had he, he had his day yesterday. Yeah. He'd done all the interviews. Probably a bit of a stressful and excited day. I think he might have got a little bit too excited if he was on the pitch yesterday. So I thought it was well played by Arteta just to say, look, you're sitting out this one, mate. Do you know what I mean? I thought, I thought that yeah, was really yeah, good timing. Yeah, good call there, Gav. I think that the human element always gets ignored. We're going to wrap it up here with predictions. So, Charlie, could you give us your Wolves-Arsenal prediction? I'm going to go for a 2-1 win to the Arsenal with goals from Aubameyang and Pepe. OK, Gav? I was going to go for 2-1. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, I'll tell you what. I'll go for I'll go for three one, and uh, I'm gonna get. Oh, I don't like giving who's gonna score the goals, but I think Saka. If Saka starts, he scores. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, because I'm still in La La Land from yesterday. This is what I think is going to happen at half time at Molyneux. Thomas Partey and Upa Meccano are going to be signed on the pitch. It'll <laughs> <laughs> be two to two, and they'll bring on Thomas Partey and Upa Meccano illegally, of course, and they'll score like this dual header from the top of the box. No one will notice. Arthur will win the game. And uh, we'll have another happy podcast next week. Is what I think will happen. Yeah, absolutely. I want to thank uh, Charlie. Thank you very much for, for tonight. It's been great. Cheers, guys. Thank you very much. Always fun. Yeah, and Gav, yeah same to you, Gav. Appreciate it very much. Yeah, no, cheers, fellas. I'm, uh, I'm well excited about the future joining you boys on the podcast every now and then. Yeah, welcome, Gav. We didn't mention that. Fantastic. Just a good addition to us, mate. We appreciate it. Free yeah, transfer we... as well, Charlie. You know I mean? Free transfer. <laughs> the good free transfer, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone thanks. likes one of these. It's been fantastic. And uh, thanks, everybody, for watching and listening. Um, this has been the Gunnerstown Podcast, our 30-minute podcast. Hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, tune in uh, next week, and we'll be right back then. Come on, you Gunners. Up the Arsenal. Ooh.